You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Would you rather have a fly half who's got a good kicking game, knows when to punt, sticks in a good Gary Owen, or would you much rather have that free-flowing, side-stepping, running outside half? Tonight on the Attacking Scrum, we find out what makes the perfect 10. Welcome to Fronting Up on the Attacking Scrum podcast. Uh, tonight we're going to be having a look at the what makes the perfect 10. So what is your ideal uh, fly half? Position that's always under the spotlight, probably more so in Wales than uh, than anywhere else. Bennett, John, Jenkins, Jones, Jiffy, anyone with a J really. Uh, but tonight we're going, to be, we're going to be chatting about exactly what makes a good outside half. And uh, as always, I've got Dan alongside me, Dan Killick. How are we? Being better. Oh yeah, Italy. Uh, the Italian job taking its toll, is it? It did. Yeah, there's a couple of couple of strong beers over there. Yeah, I thought there 40. might be. Yeah, and uh, your phone is has gone walkabouts. It has, I seem yes. to notice. So I last heard from you when we did this corresponding podcast last week. Yeah, it's, it's horrible being without a phone. You feel completely lost. It's incredible how much people are actually on them the whole time. I know. Well, so, I I did say yeah. Can you get us all of the get us loads of pictures, tweet them out, but. Absolutely yeah. no avail. Two years' time, I get it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Two years' time, I'm taking it. Yeah, it's a cracking tripper. If, we, if we're still doing this, I bet, and I'm sure there's uh, there's plenty more we're gonna we're gonna hear about. And with it being the week of uh, of England Wales, we thought we'd uh, invite back our old friend Ollie Deuce as well. Ollie, how are we doing? Not too bad, thanks, boys. Good, um, good um, to see you again. Looking a bit um, nervous. Yeah, well, it's a big game, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so we'll get onto that in a minute. And you're a man who knows a thing or two about number ten play, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, as a former <laughs> former hooker, I'm uh, fairly well versed in knowing very little about uh, about playing ten. Well, we'll get onto kind of the details in a minute, and we'll specifically kind of look into the the Wales England game and and that debate. We've got a more detailed preview coming up in part two, but it sparked a lot of debate about. You know, about ten as it often does in Wales. I'm just going to start by saying, kind of generally, what kind of a what kind of a ten do you like? In fact, I'm going to start even before that by saying, how do you refer to a ten? 
Dan, what what choice is it? Fly half? Is it standoff? Is it outside half? Classic, you go fly half. Fly half. Oh, yeah, fly half as well. Yeah, see, me. I like to mix it up a bit. I like outside half. It sounds yeah. like something from the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a big I fan do, of that. I do bring outside half in a bit actually yeah. as well. Yeah. Standoff's a bit rugby yeah. league for my liking. Yeah. yeah. And ten. Ten sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I've I used think. ten. I've used them yeah. more actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that, what about um, first five eight? First five eight's far too soft yeah. hemisphere, isn't it? You Rubbish, can't be doing that. It? What's all that about? I can't get my head around that. No, yeah. I can't. It's too much maths. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maths was I was like, yeah, <laughs> carry the one denominator. Yeah. Don't know where we're going with first five eight. We'll start with uh, with what kind of a what kind of a ten do you like, Dan? What do you like to see in a in a fly half? Um, I like a ten that can control a game um, and can bring in backs and forwards alike. Really, yeah. That's the uh, that's the main criteria for me. Yeah, they can scan, look up, and just play. Play what's in front of them, Ray. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. Following on from Dan, there control's a big thing. Um, I think uh, decision making um, absolutely key for me. It's about sort of knowing when to go for it and you know when you need to just stick a boot on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, the ten in your team is is your sort of your general out there for me. He determines how you how you're going to play. Um, so yeah, the decision making absolutely key for me. It's a big thing, and I think the last few years in particular, well, prior to the last few years, is you saw tens like Bigger and like Sexton and these kind of guys become very, very crucial to their sides because you could strangle a game and you could kick for touch, play territory, look to get your back row in the game as much as possible, win penalties, and you can win games by doing that. As we say every week on this, the game has moved on, right? Is it possible in this day and age to play with a kicking 10 when you need to score tries to win test matches? And start with you on that, Al. Um, I think not, well, not so much now, to be honest. It feels as though over the last year or so, um, obviously the Southern Hemisphere are almost largely famous, you know, for, for playing a lot more attacking rugby and all the rest of it. Um, it feels like there's been a shift even in the Northern Hemisphere now that there's much more of an emphasis now on looking to score tries yeah. um, and more points. Um, you know, we there's been plenty of tens. Um, we've all had, I think, you know, predominantly kickers and um, sort of, you know, looking for territory, things like that. Um, but it feels as though now that the over the last year or so, a lot of the teams up here, England, Ireland, all that sort of thing, Scotland obviously as well, you know, they're, they're looking to open the game up a bit more and, and move the ball. Does seem as though Dan that all the other home nations have options of of running tens, or seem to be happy backing options at running ten. England have Ford. You know, I mean Sexton. I would argue probably has a bit more in his locker than just a than just a kicking ten. He can mm. get the backs going, and obviously Finn Russell is is flavour of the month at the moment. Is this an area where Wales are, are lagging behind? If we're talking about bigger then. Yeah, Classic. essentially. Yeah, I, I for me, he can he can play a running game, um, but I think a lot of the time he's being coached uh, to play a certain to play a certain way. And I think we saw that we saw that over in Italy for sure that the weather weather conditions were horrendous. You managed to you managed to kind of decipher that even after a few strong Peronis. Uh, the, yeah, the we, we 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 took it relatively easy on game yeah, day. Fair enough. Um, That's good. I'd like to think that as a. You know, as a correspondent of this fine podcast, that yeah. you wouldn't be. Uh, I thought I needed to be on uh, on point on, on the game then. Yeah, <laughs> when I come back, but um, 
Um, yeah, it was it, obviously the weather. Weather conditions were awful, weren't they? And you could see we were kicked. We kicked it a lot. Um, but he has got he has got more to his game, um, I believe. If he was just given a bit of a free a free role. Well, I haven't I haven't spoken to you about this beforehand mm. because well, a you've lost your phone, so you've been incontactable. But I'm actually of the same opinion when it comes to bigger. I do think he gets a bit of a hard rap in terms of being a one-dimensional player. I've always felt this that, well, actually not always, because at the start of his career he did kick the ball way too much when there were things on. But kind of for the last four years he's been able to have a solid kicking game, and particularly under Warren Ball that was very effective. But also knows when there's an opportunity and when to bring the outside backs in. Yeah, we've seen him develop a, a sort of new skill set, haven't we? And when he does start, a lot of it. For me, depends on where he stands, and when yeah, he stands, does, when he stands flat, he does he does look threatening, um, just in the very nature of, of his positioning and where he is, and also the way he, he quite often holds the ball slightly differently at times. So I believe he can play, he can play a more attacking game, but a lot of the time it's you know he's he's programmed into playing a certain way. As we kind of mentioned, it's the the England Wales game that's really prompted this, and as we record this today, we've had the decision that. Rob Howley has opted for Dan Bigger at 10 with Sam Davis on the bench. Now, Davis, I thought, impressed off the bench on Sunday. Yeah, do, you, thought, do you think that's the right decision to pick Bigger? I do, actually. Okay. And I do for the... I mean, I know on the last last week's I, I commented that uh, I would have liked to have seen Sam Davis mm. start against Italy. Um, I just think it was a game where it was a game you know, right for him. Um, and also, he would have been able to see how he would gone in a in a you know in a starting game. I just don't think it's a it's a game for him to start in. It's going to be it is going to be an intense atmosphere. I know people say, well, he's you know he was world player of the year four years ago, junior player of the year. Sorry, yeah. junior player of the year. He's you know he's he's he'll take it all in his stride. It, it, it will be very very different um, come Saturday, and we haven't seen enough of him at uh, an international for me to put him in put him in that spot. Big has been there. He's done it. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally, I'd have gone for him. I think if you're good enough, get him in the side. However, I'd also done the same thing as we said back in November. I'd have played him in a couple of those uh, in a couple yeah, of those autumn games, certainly it. against Japan. We needed to see him feature more, didn't we, in those games? And that was the time to to bring him in. Um, I'm not being cri- I, I'm, with with him coming into that. Italy, if if it was the other way around, if Bigger was coming on at that point, mm. would he have had the same impact? Arguably, yes, because. You know, there was a yellow card shown. Yeah. Um, he, 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 I really like him. I think he's a fantastic player. And, you know, the way he plays with his head. And a lot of time he just does the simple things, doesn't he? Where, you know, the ball was kicked through. All he did was look up. Mm. Look up, saw it was a prop, stepped and went out. And half penny, half the time in that position, he's looking to put boot to ball before maybe he's even, he was even looked to do something. He could definitely skin a lot of the guys. Um, so a lot of the stuff he does is just basic stuff, but we seem to not do it, and he just he just has a has a go. Um, but I don't think in that game um, a lot of it was down to actually Sam. It was you know we we got to remember there was a yellow card out. Yeah, there was. I agree, and actually I thought Dan Bigger was good in the first half because as you mentioned, it was lashing it down. It was bucketing, and I think some of his kicks, whether little grubbers through or kicks wide, hit the mark. Mm. Well, yeah, that the one for um, for. For Liam, if uh, you know, if that had come off and scored, it would have been it would have been absolutely brilliant. And they yeah. they very nearly did. And we just kicked it probably a little bit too much. I can see why we were doing it to try and keep them from from stepping, just to keep them uh, keep them back a little bit from pushing up. But um, yeah, they're, they're always difficult for the first first half as well, aren't they? 
would would Sam have done anything different? We we just don't know. But yeah. he should, if he'd started, then we would then we would have known. Yeah, I think I think that's the annoying thing is we're looking at this saying you can't pick him in a game of this magnitude because he hasn't got enough test yeah. experience when he should do. And and almost everyone's gonna well, a lot of people are gonna say because he came on and he changed the game maybe um, he should start. It's mm. a massive call. It is a massive call. Oh, as our uh, as our resident Englishman, mm. who would you rather see in the Wales side? And by that I mean. You know which of those players would trouble you the most? Um, I'd be more concerned about seeing Sam Davis purely on the basis that we've not seen that much of him. Yeah, the thing you've had, you guys obviously have had a pretty steady squad for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. So whilst Big is plenty sort of talented, we know. You know, we you know, we know what he does. Yeah, we know what we're getting. We know what he's gonna he's gonna kind of do. I think, um, yeah. So from purely an English point of view, I'm probably particularly if he's carrying a bit of a knock, which it sounds like he is. I'm probably happier with him out there. Yeah, on balance. And it's a similar kind of debate in England actually, with two tens, yeah, both playing in the same side, yeah. Who's your preference at 10 out of Ford and Farrell? Um, this has been a really funny one because when um, Jones first took over, um, I was still of the opinion, I think a lot of people were as well, I said, oh, somehow or another we've got to find the big crash it up 12 that we've mm. been inside centre that we've been missing for a long time. Um, it wasn't It wasn't Burgess then. <laughs> it doesn't seem as though it was Burgess. Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, Brad Barrett's not the most expansive <laughs> guy in the world. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was sceptical. I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a stopgap. We'll play, you know, Ford and Farrell, and it's, it's fine. It'll do a job for a bit. And then as time wore on, I was just talking to my brother about this one day in the, um, I think, in the pub after one of the games. It's just like, you, you suddenly realise, it's like, well, look at all the teams we've beaten now with these two mm. there. And it's just like... We haven't had a chance to play the All Blacks yet, but we've beaten everybody else That's pretty much in a it, year. It? So it's just like, actually, is the answer there under our noses before you even know it? And there's there's, there's probably an element as well of, of just the fact that when you allow people um, a few games together, you know, they you build on that. They, they know each other from playing age group rugby, kind of childhood and all that sort of stuff. But I think once you give... Uh, combinations a chance to kind of settle in then you're obviously going to start to see a much better kind of connection between the two It's an interesting one, I think that George Ford's had a bit of an armchair ride yeah. in international rugby so far you know you defend him they often put him in the defence mm. either at scrum half or wing or well, somewhere Yeah, I mean, this and is... that's definitely a weakness in his game Oh yeah definitely, whereas I think Farrell has because he's that little bit older he's, he's learnt and he's been through some tougher times mm. in that side. I think he's come out of it a better player. I think he's a he's a tough character. Personally, for me, if I was picking that side and if I was Eddie Jones, I'd be going for I'd be going for Farrell at ten. So if you pick Farrell at ten, the question is who do you stick in the centre then? It's a good, well, it's a good point. But if you're talking about crash it up centres, maybe your mm. uh, your Irish Samoan Benteo might be the well, exactly, answer. Yeah. I think um, my answer to that at the moment would be that, um, as we touched on at the start, is that I think the game's moving on now that you need an, more of a distributor at 12. If it's moved on that much, could you play Daly and Joseph together? I know they um, traditionally are both 13s, but... I think 
Um, so just going back to the the uh, Ford and Farrell thing, uh, Ford has some shortcomings in this game, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Um, not least his goal kicking. We're blessed having Farrell there because yeah. he's about as good as it gets at the moment on the world stage. You couldn't stage. pick Ford if you didn't have another goal kicker. I don't side, think his goal kicking at the moment, having watched it at club, is at international, international standard. standard no, um, having Farrell there though allows Ford a bit more of a free reign when we do get the ball in hand to spread it and that's where he comes into his own his distribution I mean I as I've said at the start I know next to nothing about playing fly half but um, he stands very flat and apparently very square which apparently is very difficult for defences to kind of mm. you know like they, you have to obviously be aware of his running threat and all the rest of it and that allows a whole lot of other stuff to go on outside him and give him options in terms of um um, his distribution and stuff and his passing is when he's got the ball in hand going yeah, forward there's no doubt about that yeah. I mean it's really strange because historically when I've when as I've mentioned before when Wales play England I just start to really lose my shit and get really nervous and I don't like it mm. and I want to see the most predictable English backline that you can imagine yeah. I want Wigglesworth I want Andy Good in there yeah. <laughs> Burgess yeah, Barrett yeah, yeah, yeah. Shantane Happy those kind of players well, that's what happened at the World Cup <laughs> yeah it? fantastic yeah. brilliant love that day yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know I don't want to see uh, what's the word unpredictable yeah. maverick players in there but actually to be fair I, I've yet to buy into the George Ford hype I'm, mm. I'm a big fan of Owen Farrell and if I was picking the Lions side tomorrow I'd start him at 10 but I, I don't know I, I think there's maybe there's there's more, there's more that I need to see from George Ford. Yeah, I think I mean, I, I, behind that pack, most of the time, it is a bit of an armchair ride. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting well, give is him a, give him a, give him a game for the Dragons. And yeah, see how he gets <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but again, you, you probably saw that a little bit last week. Obviously, we were getting mm. pumped up front by the French. Yeah, yeah. When we don't have that go forward, he does. You know, it's, uh, they. You know, he does become a lot more anonymous because his strength is what he can do for us mm. when we're moving forward. Then he's spraying it around and he's got all the options. And it, like I said, he's afforded that luxury because he's got someone like Farrell taking the pressure off with a few more of the uh, less glamorous elements mm. of playing playing fly half. I think. Yeah, no, I think you might be right. It's a very positive though, an attack, like yeah. attack-minded step, isn't it, by having him in there. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels weird yeah. because I'm saying that Wales yeah. should pick Sam Davis. At 10. I know that's you what know, I've been saying for ages talking, that he should be he should be playing there. Because Farrell, you could argue, is they, they are very different, but in a in a, in a similarish mould mm. to uh, to bigger then. But then they're, they're very comparable players, Ford and Davis, and bigger and Farrell. Yeah. I think. With that in mind, though, Dan, England seem to have found a, a good solution with with Ford and Farrell, and it may be a little bit by accident. Could Wales do the same? There's a lot of people saying this week that yeah, you'll play Davis at 10 and Bigger at 12. Are you having that? I've heard people say the other way round as well. That, uh, What's that, which, Davis which, at 12? Which, yeah, which, which I heard the other day. Not for masses of people, but it has been mentioned. I I don't think we need to do that. Um, we could give it a go and see see how it happens, but we don't we don't tend to give things a go, do we? So, well, no, um, and you're not gonna, if you're not going to pick Sam Davis at 10 yeah. on his own... You wouldn't try out a ten twelve combination that I, I don't remember it happening. I don't. I, I can't remember the no. last time Dan Bigger played twelve for for anyone. It wouldn't, no, it does. We've, we've got. We have got good centres as well. Yeah. Um, when they're firing, and you know they they both went well on Saturday. Um, for me, it's just a straight choice at, at ten between Dan and Sam. Um, we've also got. We, we also haven't talked about the bench. You know, if, if the impact of Sam coming on when when games tend to be a little bit looser. 
Definitely, Howley will be thinking about that. It's true, but Eng- um, England do the opposite, don't they? And they they switch Farrell to ten to close games out, and yeah. it worked against uh, against France, and it's worked a number of times before. So, and, and I've seen I've seen Wales yeah. do it too. If you can't yeah. remind about ten years ago when Hook and remember when James Hook used to play at ten? Mm. Remember those days when um, Gatland first came in? He was picking Hook yeah. and Jones on a kind of horses for courses thing, and you would look at that and think, oh, we'll keep Hooky. Keep you know keep the hooky powder dry and bring him on in the last fifteen minutes, but actually, the the Grand Slam game in '08, I remember watching that with you on in a pub in Clapham, yeah, uh, the hottest pub in the world. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Willie's O'Neills, yeah, and uh, and uh, I've digressed there slightly, <laughs> but yeah, with yeah. Uh, you know with what twenty odd minutes to go, he bought on Steve Jones off the bench, and that made all the difference actually. Yeah. That's when the game started to open up and he knew kind of what was what was around and what probably a lot of it's down to confidence, isn't it? Eddie Jones has got the ball. They're so, so confident England and we're almost more on the defensive side, aren't we? Oh we'll you know, we'll bring on you know, we'll bring on Sam to, to, to maybe open it up. Um but we'll stick with we can't seem I don't think we we struggle massively to move away from bigger because there's this, there's the safety element there. Yeah, and uh, and the thing is, like you know, I really do like it, and I, you you cannot argue with the guy's testicles for slotting over kicks and turning up in big mm. games. He, he does that consistently, and I, I'm a big big fan of his. But I just think it's, there's you know there's a right time, and and I would love to be in the position now where Sam Davis has got six seven caps. And you'd feel comfortable to throw him in. That's the biggest shame. That's mm. the biggest shame for me is that we haven't. We're not in that position because uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his as well. I think he's a fantastic ten. It would just be lovely to be able to say we've seen him go, and now let's pop him in there at ten on Saturday. Um, you guys are sort of in a slightly similar position to us in the sense um, that you don't need your ten to goal kick as well, mm. which is a is a kind of a big element. So you've got a bit. Of slack there in that yeah. sense because you know Halfpenny's going to play and you know what he does with yeah, the boot because he's excellent at it. It's just you know like it's just one less thing to worry about. I mean it's easy and it's uh, with a couple of beers or whatever. We're not <laughs> we're not actually there picking the team. Yeah, but it does feel as though particularly there's been talk. Oh, you want to try and play a different way. At some point, you've got to, you've just got to trust the guy. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I agree and, with you on that and give him a good crack. And I do think the. The strange, the strange thing with that is, is that Sam Davis was hands down the informed ten in Wales. We had an opportunity. It wasn't as if we were playing the hardest autumn international in the world. Australia gave us a dicking, and then you had an Argentine side that looked pretty tired. We beat them. The Japanese side we scraped past, courtesy of Sam Davis, and then you had um, South Africa, which is the worst South African team known to man. I think if you'd have put him in, you'd have started to see what he's able to do at ten. And the one glimpse where he's had more than 10 minutes on the field at any point, I thought he played very well. And he actually brought something out. One of your big <clears> predictions <throat> from our preview show was that the Welsh centres were going to fire. <clears throat> I don't think it's any coincidence that the Welsh centres fired when Sam Davis was playing at 10 rather than Dan Bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, something else. Yeah, I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to see how um, uh, Sam Davis and, and Jamie Roberts would go. Yeah, Jamie yeah, he said this in, a couple of times. In, 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 in the mix, I would as well. And some people have said, "Oh, why? You know, why would we have him on the bench? It's a complete waste to have Steph Evans on there because he, did, you know, he's not going to scare. He's not going to scare teams." For me, if you, if Jamie Roberts is coming off the bench and you've got and you've got Sam Davis at ten and either Jonathan or Scott in there as well to get that go forward, and he would, he would, he would, he would I think he would terrorise teams. Um, so yeah, I 
We should have started him last week, don't you think? Are these, are these, Sam, you know, giving, yeah, him, giving I, him a start. I'd have started I'd him against that, Japan yeah. in the autumn. Yeah. I'd have started him against Argentina in the autumn. In fact, I, I can't remember now. This was a, a, quite a few quite a few months ago, but I'm vaguely certain that I'd have said I'd have started him yeah. against Australia. No, I don't I think f- I did, actually. But no. I find it difficult saying, sit, sit, sat here and saying that I wouldn't start him because mm. I, I, I really rate him. I love him as a player, but I just, because of what we haven't, because of what we haven't done, Unfortunately, we can't uh, we we can't throw him in there for me uh, next week. Fair enough. Well, this week, rather. Oh, this week, yeah, exactly. If we're saying you know the, the beauty, the luxury of being sat here is we're able to we're mm. able to kind of pick holes in this, and there'd be very few repercussions. The other luxury we've got is we could kind of say, okay, we've seen a fair amount of rugby in our time. I'll start with you, Dan. If there was any ten you could pick from history, who would be your perfect ten? It's got to be Barry John. Okay. Closely followed by Byron Hayward. <laughs> Is that right? No, no. But uh, <laughs> I did used to like Byron Hayward. He was a boxer, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Boxer at the same time. Good coach, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, Barry John. Okay. Well, just, and why you can't you can't leave me with that, mate? You got to talk me through what the what the appeal is. Oh, he was just watch just watching him back. His mazy runs. His just the way the way in which he played the game. He looked he looked so lazy, didn't he? Because um, he had so much time on the ball. Completely effortless didn't really look as if he was that bothered out there maybe he wasn't but just the game just an absolute natural um, and you know packed in all too soon really didn't he but often uh, often the stars do do you know. think that adds to the romance I, think it does. I often think it does I the fact that does, Barry really. packed yeah. it in yeah. arguably too soon yeah, exactly. makes you think you know it's that kind of George Best He's, slash well, yeah, Kurt Cobain better to burn out than fade away you know yeah. what I mean you didn't have to have the, the days when Barry John who was thirty-five and he was playing at, you know, playing at Triorki behind a pack going back. Well, actually, you'd never get a Triorki pack going backwards, but um, you know, he's playing at a, a lower level. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it does add to the romance. Yeah, I agree for that with you. Definitely, definitely does. A bit. He was brilliant, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was phenomenal player. From what I know, you know, it's, it's, it's again. I think you you don't have that same level of scrutiny. Mm. From the seventies, as you do now, because there aren't as many games televised. You know, it's it's only twenty years ago when not every Six Nations game was yeah. televised. Yeah. So and, and, and the clips you tend to see are, are brilliant clips. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah not, exactly. they're not going to be showing. Yeah. You know, the, the yeah. shockers. But yeah, everybody that, that that's played with him just said how good he was. Didn't he? Yeah, so. and in a way, why would, on earth would you let the the truth get in the way of the myth yeah. when the myth is so amazing? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, no, I completely understand that. What about you, Ollie? Uh, a Welshman, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, obviously another Welshman. Um, no, it's funny, growing up and stuff, I can always remember um, um, Michael Liner, of all people, yeah, actually. That's a great show. But if, yeah. I was thinking. Um, so, sort of, yeah, my early days playing rugby in the, in the sort of early 90s and all that, um, I, can, I can remember him and just, just how good he was. Uh, the, the, be- the single best performance I can remember seeing... Um, and the guy I'd probably pick is Dan Carter. That performance in the, sec- mine, yeah. in the <laughs> second, second test against the Lions, yeah. The Lions in 05. I, I, it was 30 odd points mm. on his own. Well, he's um, got a hat trick of tries. Yeah. And then kicked his kicks. Yeah. Some show, wasn't it? It he, was. And um, in a game where we actually scored fairly early yeah. on and looked yeah. to have them a little bit rattled. Yeah. He, uh, oh, yeah. he dominated that game, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he was incredible. I mean, obviously, from an English perspective, we're just coming out of the, the, the Johnny Wilkinson era, and he was amazing. But he, um, Dan Carter was like Johnny Wilkinson plus. 
something extra in attack with a sort of running game and all the rest of it. And you're just like, this is un- this is unbelievable. Like, you know, back then he was almost unplayable, I think. He was that good. I would say unplayable is the word because he seemed to have absolutely everything. Yeah. His passing was fantastic. Do you know, he started at inside centre mm-hmm. as well. So I think he had that good, yeah. uh, that good positional play. Had a nice, a nice way of being able to know when to boot the ball, know when to go, and could go himself. Yeah, you know, such an intelligent player, and to still be doing it now. Yeah, what's that? Twelve, exactly, yeah. twelve years since yeah. that Lions tour, and his goal kicking's international. You know, like all of that stuff, all the 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 other bits and bobs that you need. The yeah. kind of she hasn't got a weakness. Is yeah, it? The, no, the, yeah, exactly. That's it. Game. Yeah, it's made it quite difficult for me now, though, because mm. I was I was <laughs> I mean, going to pick Dan Carter. Yeah. Uh, in which case, we're going to have to go down the romantic route, aren't we? And yeah. With that, it's got to be Benny. Yeah, Phil Bennett all the way. Yeah, lovely. I just, yeah, I think uh, again, yeah, speaking to to those relatives who saw Benny play and the excitement that he brought, and that really is ultimately what rugby is about: those moments of excitement. And don't be wrong, excitement can be a last minute penalty win. And if Wales beat England three nil on Saturday with a last minute penalty, I'll be happy. But uh, you know it is those moments of excitement, and I think Bennett just you know again that that highlights really just watch his sidestep and his passing, and again he didn't. Step is, it's almost ridiculous. His step is absurd, isn't it's, it? It's, it's an exaggerated step. And uh, <laughs> you know I've read I've read a lot about about Phil Bennett too, and I don't he didn't have that Barry John. I'm I'm getting out of this when I'm 27. He went through some rough some rough periods, and you know he led the Lions almost as a bit of a reluctant captain and it didn't work out it didn't work out well for him and he he kind of went through the tough times and to still be held in such high regard I think is is something that you have to kind of you have to factor in but then you you know you watch him play and you just watch those I mean it's it's amazing because it's so different to modern rugby (laughs) where you've got these defensive patterns and he's just kind of like the ball bobbling around and he's just running jinking past Mm -hmm. people but for pure excitement, that's that looks hard to beat, doesn't it? We've got a smile on our face now, haven't we? Because it yeah. is you're smiling when you're watching it, and that's what it's about, isn't it? I think it is. So yeah, I mean, for me, it's it, it's got to be Benny. But it's it's strange to well, say it's a player Benny. that you never saw. Yeah. yeah, we managed to do all right there, Ron. It's a bit selfish yeah. of you to, and in fact, a bit that's parochial right. for you to pick an Australian. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But there we go. But Saturday, I think it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting battle with. Uh, with those four tens, two on each side, and and to see how it goes, I'd love to see Sam Davis come off the bench and make that difference. Could well happen, couldn't it? It could do. He's made, um, a, dif- he's made a difference every time he's come on, hasn't he? He has, and we'll be going into that in more detail as we head into as we head into part two, as we have an in-depth preview into Wales versus England this Saturday. And if you're listening to this in the past, that will be irrelevant, and you'll be able to see how right or wrong we were uh, but either way if you are listening please drop us a review um, which you can do on iTunes subscribe as well it helps uh, helps us out makes a massive difference and let us know who you think the best 10 you've ever seen is and you can do that by dropping us a line at Attacking Scrum or on Facebook facebook.com slash Attacking Scrum and we will catch you for part two very very shortly Podcast Network.